Welcome to the When You Love a Prodigal podcast. If you love a prodigal, you can discover help and hope for your wilderness journey right here at When You Love a Prodigal. And also help and hope for your own life journey. And as I always say, remember to write down any ideas or thoughts or words from God or things you might want to do as you listen. Because if you're like me, and most people are, if you don't write it down, you won't remember. So be sure to do that. Now, I have two very special guests today. I'm going to introduce them in a minute. I'm going to give you a little background. At the age of 14, our prodigal, Josh, whom if you've listened to this podcast, you have probably heard him as well as heard a lot about him. He went to a place for troubled teens called House of Hope. It's here in Orlando. It was early in our long prodigal journey with him, but it was a very important step on the difficult road. We had hoped it would be over quickly, but it, it, it took him a long time to put in life the things that he experienced and learned there. And as he explained in episode 50, if you haven't heard him yet, he met Jesus at House of Hope, the most important thing that happened to him there. But he also learned about rules and consequences, made some good friends, grew in many areas of his life. And he did well when he came home for most of a year, trying to walk with God. And uh, But then he wanted to go back to school instead of homeschooling, which we were doing. So he did. And it took him about three weeks to find his old friends. And that's when our wilderness journey really began. But even today, he is a strong, hardworking, loving husband and daddy. Things he gained at House of Hope are still serving him well. And I think you'll find that they will serve you well and your prodigal as well. So I have with me Sarah Trollinger, the founder of House of Hope, and Carla Mathis, the president of this amazing residential program and other benefits that they provide. So welcome, Sarah and Carla. Thank Thank you so much. What a blessing to be with you. Yes, thank you, Judy. Well, it's definitely my pleasure and honor to have you here. So I have a few questions to ask you. I want us to get a little history and understanding of, of House of Hope and and then some up-to-date things as well. So it is a program, House of Hope is a program for teens, I think 14 to 18? 13, 17. Oh, you've gone down some. Okay, 13. Um, I assure you, my listeners, even if your loved one is no longer a teen, you will hear some valuable helps for your journey uh, with your prodigal. So, Sarah, why don't you give us a little of your backstory and the backstory of the founding of House of Hope? My backstory is I, I taught school in the Orange County Schools for 25 years, and I ended up teaching behind bars at Juvenile Detention Center. And it was there that I saw the 
desperate cry of parents and teenagers that were not getting help. And it was like a revolving door, the same, same ones coming and going. And so one night I, in my distress, I cried out to the Lord and said, what can I do to help these hurting teenagers and, and parents? And in a still small voice, he said, I, I want you to start a place and call it House of Hope. So the next day I was so excited because I had friends that had a heart for teenagers too. And we, we got together, we had $200, and we started House of Hope. <laughs> Two hundred dollars. <laughs> we we wrote a grant to. I've never written a grant. I wrote a grant to uh, Edith Bush Foundation and asked for. We had no property. We had no resources, but we had a passion to do this. And so we uh, asked asked the Lord how much we should ask, and I thought He said ninety five thousand dollars. So we sent it in, and you know, grants very seldom hear from. But we got a letter back saying that. We're happy to tell you that we're giving you the ninety-five thousand dollars, and so uh, found- did you have a pretty big praise party after that? <laughs> yeah, we did. So we found two little houses, and they were asking one hundred seventeen thousand for it. And the lady was so touched by what we wanted to do that she said, um, "Let me and my husband pray about it because we have such a heart for teenagers, and we didn't tell her we'd written a grant." And so. She, she calls, calls me back and says, we've decided if you want the property, you can have it for 95000 And I said, well, and she said, well, I need a down payment. And I said, how about $200? She said, okay, but when you go to the closing, you have to have it all. We had it. We had the grant. And so we started. And this was up on a little dirt road street with two little houses with girls. And so it's been one miracle after another. I love what your scripture basis is. What is the scripture that's kind of the theme? The Lord gave it to us as Malachi 4, 6, turning the hearts of the fathers and mothers to the children and the children back to the fathers and mothers, lest there be a curse on the land. So we're, we're breaking that curse now. And, and so our thing is, our main key is parent involvement, because we know in this the parents have the training that they can hold a teenager accountable when they come home. Oh, I yes, the parent involvement, the parent was learning as well, because I yeah. certainly was. Exactly, because we have to be sure that, um, that they come to parenting class every Tuesday night to learn how to be a good parent, and that they come to counseling once a week, and that they visit their teenager on, the, on Sunday afternoon. So the um, main thing we do is, first of all, most of the parents are not saved. You were one of a few lucky ones, the rest of but they, most of them don't have a relationship with the Lord. And, and we require that they find the church of their choice and that they start establishing a relationship so that when the, the team gets out, they have a place to go to make friends and a good situation. So um, the parent involvement is pretty strict. And, we even have them spend a blossom back from church, make sure they're fine. So, uh, so we hold them accountable too. So, yeah, it's it's exciting to see how, how the Lord wants to intervene and get these families restored. But you know, that was the last verse in the Old Testament was to get families together, and so that's exactly what we. It's such an important thing to to restore them. You know, when I 
taught people, when I talk to parents and they say, how do I get them to even talk to me? And I, I try to help them understand one of their highest priorities is to maintain the relationship with them. Then you have the connection that enables you to move forward and help them make some better choices. Well, we tell them to uh, start spending quality time with a teenager, at meal time or, or whenever, and uh, to uh, you know, find a counselor but, um, if they aren't in House of Hope that they can go to to help restore the relationship. But uh, yeah, the parents, um, they, uh, you know, they're an important factor because everybody needs to be special to someone. And these prodigals, most of them don't feel special. And by, Absolutely. But, you know, they want a family. I know that, um, I think it was Joshua Bell, somebody said that I, I took a survey of, of a teenager's uh, desire if they'd rather go to McDonald's and have a meal or if they'd rather have a meal with their family. And almost everyone said, it's family. They want to be part. They want to belong. One of the things that was really helpful to us is just what you're talking about, that because Josh came to us um, as a foster child uh, from a, a pretty rugged situation, and um, <clears throat> it was really hard for us to get him to connect. And, you know, we would do a lot of things with him and for him and with the whole family, and yet he still kept his distance. And one of the best things that happened at House of Hope is because we had to be there every Sunday afternoon for several hours with him. And, you know, after a while, he got tired of just sitting and are asking questions, and he actually started to engage. And I think that that was one of the other great things that happened for him at House of Hope was that he um, began to believe that we could have real relationship and we really would be parents that he hadn't had earlier. Exactly. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank you for thank you for following through and being a good parent. <laughs> well, that wasn't hard for us. So um, kind of you've given some of the, the purposes and principles. Anything else that really guided you as you planned the program? And then what did the program look like? Yeah, we knew that, uh, that the teens were desperate to change their lives, but they didn't know how. So we, uh, House of Hope, we have counseling. We have a school called Hope Academy. And, uh, and that, you know, they, all of them need someone they could talk to and confide in. And so our counseling program works really well. And even for parents of teens that aren't there, if they need somebody to make the connection with their teenager, it's good to try to find a Christian counselor that uh, can give them some insight in how to deal with the hurts because mm -hmm. they all come with the hurts. Or they are, they are, and they need to have those hurts healed. And that's what we do at House of Hope through our counseling. We um, you know, find out exactly where the, the hurt started and go back with them there and start the counseling. So um, it's, it's good to have an outside person that which you can trust. Yes. Yes. Yeah. To help out. So one of the things that was very important for us, because Josh came to us with the results of fetal alcohol syndrome from his birth mother's 
um, drugs and alcohol uh, when she was carrying him. And um, that prevents in the formation of the brain the ability, the actual ability to do cause and effect reasoning. And so we just were amazed. We couldn't understand why we'd ask him to do something, and he would say he'd done it, but he hadn't. Right. And, and he didn't understand that there are consequences if you, you, know, you do this and then you actually do it. And, and one of the things that was the best thing for him, other than the Lord, of course, was there were so many rules, <laughs> little ones, big ones, that um, it, he was bound to break some. And, of course, he did often, as did the other kids um, to start with. But there were immediate consequences. And you all were better at that than most parents are. And, <clears throat> and so Josh actually had, you may not even know this, forming in his brain while he was at House of Hope was the physical means to do cause and effect reasoning. And so he came out of there understanding that if he did this, there was this consequence. And before, he just hadn't had enough opportunity yet to build those synapses in his brain. So thank you very much for that. Well, you know, we hold them pretty close to Yes. Because most of them don't have them. And when they come, that's a whole new thing. And the parents are excited when they come home for the first visit because they've never helped clean up the house or, or <laughs> clean up the room or and they, their parents are shocked because they come in and, and help and help and when they they're used to being served we try to teach them how to serve you've done that very well and other parts of the program you did a lot of fun things with them yeah they you have to with teenagers <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> But they look forward to that, to a slam thing. One of my favorite pictures of Josh is with a, a fishing pole and a fish at uh, at uh, House of Hope. And yeah. Lake Catherine it is, I think. Yeah. yeah. That so. was neat. They love that. Especially the boys. Now, the, yes. girls, the girls didn't because they didn't want to take the fish off the hook. So you started out with girls. And then when Josh came, he was one of the very first boys. Wow. So tell us a little about why you started with girls and then how you decided to include boys. Well, actually, we started with girls because it was seemed to be only girls who were applying. We had a list of people, and it was all girls. So we started with our six girls, and we increased to 18 on the old campus. And then um, we knew that it was time because we started getting lots of calls from parents who had boys. And so uh, I think 1997 yes. was when uh, we started with boys. And, and uh, But I'll tell you the difference. Boys are so much easier than girls. <laughs> yeah, who girls, would have thought that? <laughs> yeah, I know girls are all about drama. Yes, true. And, and they like to uh, be emotional. And it's hard to get to the real, real root of their problem. But boys, pretty much, is what you see is what you get. If you can get them to talk about it. Well, so any other parts of your program people should know about? Well, first of all, um, we are, uh, we've never received any government funds. And we are, um, we are at the mercy of caring people who have, um, who have a heart for seeing what happens there. 
and for, for um, 38 years, we've ended in the black because people have seen the results. And it's, it's less a miracle. So there is a charge for people to come there. What we do, we uh, have the, the parent to bring the WT form for the past two years. And then uh, we look at it and, and try to find something that's reasonable for them. And uh, sometimes they drive up in a Rolls Royce and they say we don't have money. <laughs> so that sort of gives us a guide. But we have lots of teenagers that parents really can't afford to be there. We just had a fashion show with uh, eight of our girls who were there who were between the ages of 30 and 50, the graduates. And every one of those pretty much was there because the money wasn't there for them. So um, we try to get the parents to give what they can or try to get the church to or whatever. It's based on a sliding scale. Okay. Um, the, and so like Sarah said, um, we'll take a look at the two years of their W-2 uh, returns and just, you know, we try to work with the families. One of our, one of the things going back to the principles is we don't want to turn anyone away due to lack of finances. Um, we are just there for the families and for the teens and the parents. And, um, you know, it's a structured program. And like Sarah was talking about so many of the teens that come in there, Judy, they come from families where they haven't had much structure. Some of them do, but most of them percentage wise, they haven't had any structure. And what's interesting is when the kids do, um, you know, once they get used to it, they are so thankful for that structure. But one of the key things, it's a Christ-centered program. The foundation is Jesus Christ. Amen. So. I'm so grateful for that. Um, it was extremely important for Josh, I know. Um, so I'll tell you what happened to us. We, you know, we had an amount that we were supposed to pay, and it was a stretch for us, but and one of our friends, uh, a strong Christian businessman, said, well, I don't think I would take in a boy like you did, but, you know, why don't I pay for for what you're doing at House of Hope? So that, um, and that was a wonderful gift. And he paid for the entire time that we were there. And, um, and then he's still a friend, and he asks us how Josh is doing. Oh, so. that's special. That's very special. So do you also do fundraisers to to make up for? We do. We have a, a, a dinner, and usually in the spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also um, uh, have a fashion show in the fall, sponsored by Macy's. They, uh, they wanted to do it for us, and we were happy they wanted to. And those people that model usually are our graduates. And some of them, even some of the kids sometimes. Oh, yeah, they do. Oh, yes. I love that. That's great. Um, When um, did the program begin to add other Houses of Hope to and become a national program and not just a local in Orlando? So in um, as House of Hope Orlando started to grow, um, at one point... Sarah, you can speak to this. Sarah started touring with Women of Fate. Yes, I know that. Yes. And um, she would usually take at least one or two teens with her who would share their stories. And so obviously Women of Fate, large audience, and oftentimes she would have people come up to her as mostly women 
able to come up to her and say, I love what you're doing. How do I start a house affiliate? And so it became this uh, repetitive question of how do I start this? And so that's what um, led to the start of National House of Hope. And that became into existence in 2002 is when National House of Hope launched. And it launched mainly as a training and resource for other individuals who have a heart um, for the same, for the teens and families, for restoring the teens to the families. And today, how many do we have? And so today, we now have four Houses of Hope. We have House of Hope Kansas City, House of Hope York, Pennsylvania. Of course, there's the model Orlando. We have House of Hope Maryland. And then we have House of Hope Piedmont in North Carolina that's getting ready to open their doors. They have the property and everything. And so they are ready to open their doors within the next 30 to 60 days. So we're excited. And what do they have to do to use your, the name House of Hope? They're considered affiliates. And so they just, they go through the training and that sort of thing. Um, there's a nine, it's a nine step training process and they do come to the campus of Orlando and we'll have the in-person training. We also do video trainings and there is a whole process that they go through um, to get to that place where they become an affiliate. But there, we, you know, let them use the name. We just, if they're adhering to I'm keeping with the vision and mission, then we're good with that. Our goal is for them to stick to the vision and mission and be about the heart, to be about the families and the teens. And they're accountable to us. Yeah. Say that again, Sarah. I think they are accountable to us. Okay. Sure. Yeah, they are accountable. They We have annual, um, we have monthly affiliate meetings. Every year we do a conference with them. And then we also will have, um, every now and then we will do um, random audit inspections where we'll go and visit and that sort of thing. That's so. awesome. So that gives it a chance then for people in different parts of the country to have something a little closer. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a great thing. So, Carla, tell me, I know you came to House of Hope in one role, and then you were another role, and now you have an even bigger role. So <laughs> tell me a little about that story. Yes. So I, um, in the, it was in the late 90s, I had relocated back to the Central Florida area from, um, I'd been in Atlanta for several years, relocated and visited First Baptist Church, Orlando, and I heard Sarah speak and share about House of Hope, and one of the teens was with her who gave her testimony, and just my heart was really touched. And so that Monday, I called House of Hope to volunteer, and so I volunteered as a big sister for about two So three. people can volunteer to help? Absolutely. We have lots volunteers. of volunteer opportunities. We welcome volunteers, yes. There are many opportunities for that. And you never um, know where God might take it. You never know. <laughs> that is true. That's a good point, Judy. <laughs> hey, you, you might become president. Right. <laughs> I yes, never did I. Um, you know, God has a sense of humor and He orchestrates our steps. But um, so I did that, and it was just such a. It really impacted me and touched my life in so many ways. It was um, the best experience I had as a big sister, and just the relationship that you build, um, not just with the one young lady that I had, but also many of them. And just the difference 
you, you see the transformation while they're going through House of Hope and you can't put a price tag on that. And so um, I relocated out of state to Nashville and was gone for several years. And in 2013, it was really just divine intervention. It was a phone call from a friend. And after much prayer and uh, much deliberation, much discussion, um, came down and visited with Sarah and Sandy and had lunch and we talked. And so that brought me back to um, doing some contract work, which led to executive director of House of Hope Orlando, and then got involved with National House of Hope. And so now I'm with National House of Hope. So it's been a journey. It's been a wonderful journey. And just um, a lot of, Sarah is such a strong woman of faith. And it yes, definitely, is. yes, has definitely helped my faith grow in many ways. Well, I'm grateful. I've been enjoying getting to know you and work with you. So likewise, that's great. So tell us a couple of, not too long, a couple of stories of some lives that have been changed. Okay, I'm going to start with, okay. with jo Josh's friend, Bobby, because today he's uh, doing so well. Anyway, uh, Bobby came to us from a non-Christian family and didn't want anything to do with the Lord. He'd been uh, abused, so he was uh, reluctant to being in the program. But, and he would put potatoes in the staff's pipes from the car. So, <laughs> yeah, and he, he did all kinds of things trying to get out of there. So finally, after he'd been there several months, he, he had been with people like Josh and their boys, and he saw them worshiping the Lord and say. He decided that he would give it a try. So he did, and he got saved. And today he is uh, up in Massachusetts. He uh, owns three businesses. He has a family of two children and a precious wife, and they have a youth group that's going on. So um, all the things he went through paid off, so he brought him closer to the world. And then we, we have many girl stories and boys, but... Uh, Things like most of the girls' stories have abuse involved in it, most times sexual abuse. There's a young lady um, who, well, she's now in her late 40s, Cheryl. And um, she was, um, it was her stepfather who sexually abused her. And he was a pastor of a church. She would have so she was, um, you know, she was very angry. She was angry at God. She was, she didn't want anything to do you know, with God or with Jesus. And so she came to House of Hope and I know she was, um, she had thrown a brush at one of the other girls. Most of the girls were afraid of her. Um, God just really got a hold of her. And that particular night when she threw the brush and, and knocked the teeth, two teeth out of the one girl's, um, the one girl, and they ended up, the staff called Sarah and Sarah went to House of Hope and it was like around midnight. And Sarah just said, Cheryl, I'm going to come in. And um, Cheryl, she just, she thought she would, Sarah was going to punish her. And instead, Sarah just sat her down and just calmed her down and just talked with her and just loved on her. And Cheryl to this day says that was the turning point in her life. She said, that's when I realized Jesus really loved me. And um, she now has 
her real estate license. She's a businesswoman. She has nine children. Um, and she's doing fantastic. So, yeah. That's, that's awesome. Now, I know we could take the rest of this time and you could tell us more <laughs> stories, but um, some of them are on your website. Yes. Um, so tell you have a website. What is it? We do. There is nationalhouseofhope.org and also houseofhopeorlando.org. So either one of those, houseofhopeorlando.org and then nationalhouseofhope.org. And I will have those uh, website links in the show notes. Thank you. Okay. Wonderful. So people can go there and look. So expanding beyond having uh, someone in a residential program, uh, because that doesn't happen for everyone, what would you say to parents or grandparents or people who have influence in the lives, of, especially of some teens who are not always making great choices? I would say it's spending quality time with the teenager. And the teenager probably won't like it at first because they're not used to it. But spending time with them and like having dinner together and, and you know, finding a, find a counselor if they can't break through with their teenager, find a counselor to help them, a Christian counselor. I just think that um, a counselor can help with the healing that needs to take place in the teenager as they come with lots of hurts that parents don't even, even understand. And so somebody, an outside person. And find a church. Find a church of your choice and, and start uh, having a relationship with the people there and find a safe place for a teenager to go to create new friends. I know in Cheryl's case that Carla was just talking about, she said that there's no place in her area to find a, a good place because all of her friends were either dead or they were on, uh, in jail or on drugs and there's nobody to go to. So she had to pull away from her area and find a new place where family did, where she could get help. And maybe that's the case with lots of people, maybe in their area, it's not a place, but there is a place someplace. And I think it's also important to hold on to the truth, you know, in in God's word, His He says His word does not return void. And you know, for any of the listeners, you know, if, if the seeds have been planted, um, His word does not return void. And so that is a promise that you know, parents, grandparents, anyone that has a prodigal, they can hold on to that and have hope in that any seeds that they have planted, you know, that God will send maybe other individuals to water and to help that seed grow. Right. Um, but God can be the author. God's the author of any any of our lives if we allow him to be. And if anybody's there listening that doesn't know who to go to, they can call House of Hope and we'll recommend a, a place where they might be able to get help if okay. we can if we can help them, yeah. Yeah, because you know of others, both other exactly. houses of hope, but other organizations. Other, yes. That's right. Programs. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to at least talk to someone about the possibility of sending someone to the your local Orlando mm -hmm. one or one of the others, how would they go about that? 
They can call. We have an 800 number. It's 855-253-HOPE. That's 855-253-HOPE. Um, the local number to Orlando is 407-843-8686. And there's also the websites. They can go on the websites. There is um, information they can fill out, just a little contact form, and then someone will get in touch with them. And what would be the process then that they would go through? So once they fill out, um, once they complete that, or if they call, um, there will be a little interview questionnaire that our office administrator will go through. And then from there, an application would be either sent or they would come up, they would set up like an in-person interview. Um, and during that in-person interview, they will go through, um, they will interview both the parents and the team, but they do it separately. And so there is the interview process, there's the application that they go through. And we just want to make sure that we are a good fit for their teen son or daughter, and that also that they are a good fit, you know, for our program. Because sometimes there might be issues that might be out of our scope. Um, and so we just will sit down with them, have a conversation, do the interview process, and we want them to pray about it. We'll, we'll pray about it as well. And yeah. then there will be follow-up from there. Some issues that are out of our scope might be legal, things yeah. that we can't deal with. Okay, yes. Do Sometimes does the court order people to come to your place? Does that happen? Sometimes they will have um, a judge will recommend, yes. And it, they don't necessarily court order to House of Hope, but they might, there might be a court order to House of Hope or some, someplace similar. And so we are oftentimes um, on the list for recommendations, whether it's the sheriff's office or the judge, the juvenile justice. Um, yeah. yeah, we've been there. Um, so what if the child doesn't want to come? You know what? That happens often. We've had teenagers to jump out of the car all the way. But it's the first step in the parent showing that they have authority. And so they will bring them anyway and, Sometimes they rule them, which they shouldn't do. Yeah. They tell them they're going to take them to a counseling center. And really, they've already checked them in to be part. So they're mad as parents about that. But the neat thing is, when the parents, some of them get, they get in the fight in the intake room, and then the first time they come back, when they see the parents are serious, the teens can't wait to see the parent. And the parents are shocked because... They come and give them a hug, and the last they saw, they were fighting. So it works out. It's, it's just establishing the parents' rule as head of the house. Any other thoughts or anything else you'd like to say to our listeners? I'd just like to say that uh, you are blessed to be watching this program because Judy has been through this. She knows the ins and outs of it, and she knows there is hope, and she knows that there is healing. And say so there is for you, whatever you are, don't ever give up. God will be as big in your life as you allow him to be. Well, thank you, thank you. I, you know, we could talk a lot more. You have stories to tell. Uh, but you can also, my listeners can go to the website and see some of the stories and see how God has used this. I'll tell you one last story of mine. And that's um, when I got a phone call from Mike, who was, uh, Mike and Rose were Josh's uh, house parents for 
uh, a number of months, and Mike led him to Jesus. Now, Josh had heard lots about Jesus, both from his grandparents, who had him for a while, and then from our family and going to church. But he was ready, and, and they baptized him right after he invited Christ into his life, right there in the lake, found a big alligator right there the next day, uh, <laughs> which Josh loves to tell. Uh, and so Mike called me uh, that night and said, guess what? Josh just met Jesus, and, and he got baptized, and, and uh, it was a real beginning of a turning point for Josh, and um, I, I just love it. And we're, Mike and Josh are still close friends. Mike performed a wedding for him, and he just is, they've been part of our lives, and we're grateful. That is I, love the, I love the miracle story with Josh. Yes. Which miracle? There have been quite a few. He's a miracle. When he was making candy. Oh, that. Absolutely. He he tells that story. There was hot oil. Was it candy or donuts or whatever? Something. But it, it got on his hand. Is that it? It splashed on his hand. Right. And really burned him. And you came and you prayed for him and it was healed. And he's never gotten over it. That was all. That was neat for him to see. It was for him to see how Jesus works. Yeah, he he remembers it. So that's a great thing. Yeah, I didn't. And he'll do the same thing in the lives of the prodigals. Yes, he will. He does big miracles, little ones, things. Yeah, he's all about. He loves them so much, and I'm so grateful. There, there are people like you, Sarah and Carla, who have said, we'll, we'll be God's arms of love for them, uh, arms also of, of stronger discipline, perhaps, and structure for their lives, but helping them to become children of God, but also responsible people for the community and the family. And then the gift goes on to their children. Under their children. Yes. Yeah. So that's right. All of our, most all of our um, graduates say that they use the same principle we do in, in training with their, with their own personal children. And that what a great help it is. So they have them cleaning all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. That was one of the main jobs was keeping their place clean. So Josh does it. That, that was he does it now. So. Oh, that is great. <laughs> so, for my listeners, I have a couple of questions for you to think about. What one or two ideas have Sarah and Carla sparked in your mind that you can begin to apply with the prodigal that you love? Um, that just don't try to change everything at once. Start with something that you can can follow through on and began to see some change. I've put a link to House of Hope in the show notes, and people have been asking me, where are the show notes? Well, if you go to Apple or Spotify or Charisma, all of those podcast places include the show notes. Some of the others don't. Or you can go to my website, judydouglas.com, and um, I have all of them there as well and the show notes. 
And you can feel free to contact House of Hope about services, locations, the possibility of a residential place for your loved one. And I know you've enjoyed hearing from Sarah and Carla. I am so grateful that they answered God's call to love and care for troubled teens. God bless you, Sarah and Carla, and God bless you, all of my listeners.